0: Good evening, everybody. We are here on the 12th of Feb, Session 106. We just thank God for every opportunity He gives us. Once again, today, after the conference for a Q&A, every format is the ministry of the Word. And may God be glorified today with the answers. We thank you for the questions. Probably next Sunday, not Saturday, Sunday. I haven't fixed the date yet. We may have a Q&A for the Nepali churches. It will be for the students, actually, who have asked from another country. But we will be live, so it will be both English and pretty interesting questions young kids have asked. So we'll have it here Sunday evening. And uh, so just keeping you, those who are interested, who just only tune in for the Q&A, you may get a Q&A in English and Nepali Probably next Sunday. So here we are. (laughs) Pray, Pastor Vijay. Yes. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. We once again thank you, Father, for today. We commit ourselves into thy hands. We pray, Father, the answers we give will be true to your word. It's all that matters to be true. For your word is forever settled in the heavens. You do not change your word does not change. So help us, Lord, to say it true to the word and never change your word. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Uh, Pastor, we'll start with question number three. Uh, this is uh, on baptism. Uh, baptism is when we identify ourselves with the death of Jesus Christ, buried with him in baptism into death, according to Romans chapter 6 verse 4 and Colossians chapter 2 verse 12. During the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise, First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16. Also in Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 11, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Is it talking about putting our flesh to death and living in Christ or reign with Christ? Is there any relation between baptism and resurrection of our body? Does baptism have any connection with the first resurrection that says in Revelation 20? Many in my family love the Lord with sincerity of their heart, but not, but are not ready to take baptism or leave the traditional church. Praying for them.
0: Okay, let's go to the first part. Okay, there's not a direct relationship like the way the question is framed, but, uh, Baptism, if you look into the Word of God, uh if you turn with me to I think it's Mark uh the gospel according to Mark sixteen, fifteen if I'm right. <coughs> Those who believe in our baptism. Yes. Baptism is something instituted by Jesus Himself. Okay? So if you go there sixteen fourteen 14, actually. Mark sixteen fourteen onwards. Yeah, um, uh, 15 is enough, yeah, 15. Go to 15, 16, 14, yeah. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and 16, he who believes and is baptized, okay, it's not believe, first you believe, and second you are baptized, okay? Baptism follows believing, (coughs) will be saved, but he who does not believe, will be condemned. So the implication is that somebody who does not believe but gets baptized, the baptism has no meaning. There's a lot of people are there, a huge chunk of people are there in Christendom who have been baptized because it's an institution of the church, but they have never believed. Okay. So baptism follows believing. But is it the baptism that saves or it is the believing that saves? You need to understand that. The saving here are two different things. One, the believing is that what saves. That Romans is very clear. If you turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 10, Romans 10, and verse 8, 9, 10. So what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So salvation is by believing. Okay? Salvation is by believing. But when you believe, what follows usually in the Bible, you look immediately after that is... uh It is the baptism. We have answered this part of this question before. Baptism is like the wedding ceremony. Okay? Believing is like the proposal has been accepted. Mm. Okay? Even if once the proposal is accepted, both parties have agreed, families have agreed. The usual, if you have the money and everything, This thing, everything works out. The usual question from the parents of both sides is, why wait? If you notice Indian wedding, they will say, why wait? Why wait? Let the kids get married. Okay, why wait? Let them get married. Okay. So, you have believed in your heart. In this case, Mm -hmm. the boy has accepted the girl. The girl has accepted the boy. Okay. But the boy has accepted the girl. The girl has accepted the boy. It is not going to go public until they get married. It is not official yet. It is not official yet. It becomes official when on that day, in public, they exchange views. Oh, sorry, vows, not views, <laughs> <or> vows. <laughs> <laughs> no. okay. They exchange vows. Okay. <laughs> exchange vows. And then... We pastors will at the end pronounce that. Now we pronounce you as man and wife. Okay, pronounce you and. So that is when the relationship is ratified. So everyone who believes, everyone who believes is saved. But everyone who believes and is baptized, that is when your salvation becomes public in the spiritual realm. In the Bible, I know of only one man in Jesus' ministry who was saved and did not get baptized. It was a thief on one side. So if you want to identify with the thief, it's up to you, don't get baptized. Okay, don't get baptized. (laughs) Okay. So you can say I belong to the church of the thieves. (laughs) Okay. uh, but uh, it's humor apart that's the only person you will see yeah. everybody over there including in, in including Jesus Jesus, Jesus. It's it's baptism is a baptism that we Undergo. we don't go through john's baptism yes. john's baptism was a baptism in preparation for the gospel and the kingdom it was a baptism of repentance but jesus baptism is not a baptism of repentance it's a baptism of the righteous mm. so he said let all righteousness be fulfilled so when you are saved you are declared righteous by god but the righteous now is identifying with the death and i will i will uh, show you why it is important okay the uh, go to romans chapter 7 go to romans chapter 7 verse 1, verse one onwards or oh, do you not know brethren for i speak to those who know the law that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives for a woman who has who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. Mm. But if husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while a husband lives, she marries another man, she'll be called an adulteress. Mm. But if a husband dies, she's free from that law so that she's no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. So this is a fundamental principle. Okay? When we were all born in this flesh, we were judged at birth as sinners by the law. We are born under the law. We are born under the law. And as long as we are born under the law, we are married to the law. The problem with the law is the law never dies. The law cannot die. If the law is of God, it does not die. So the only option for the believer is that as long as you are alive, you are married to the law. Now, if you want to get married again, it is impossible because the law one will not die second the law will not divorce you either (laughs) okay Mm. so you are stuck so the only choice you have is that you die you die so baptism is the ceremony of actually of your death the old person who was married to the law died because if you don't die and the person who comes out of the water is a new person who now marries christ Mm. It's not the old man who marries Christ. The old man is married to the law. That's why the old man always walks. The old man comes to church tomorrow and he will feel condemned by the message because he only hears the law. That's a problem. The old man only will get condemned by the preaching of the word of God because he's under the law. And the law only brings condemnation, the only brings judgment, and only brings death. But the new man, when he comes to the church tomorrow, listens to the word, he's not under condemnation because he knows I'm married to Christ into Christ. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing over there, he knows his Christ is washing him by the washing of the water by the word. Okay? That he's preparing his bride. So it is the new man who is married to Christ. It is not the old man. And the only way the new man can marry Christ is the old man has to die. Right. And there's an official ceremony about death. That is baptism. The old man died, but that's not enough. You have to bury him. Mm. That's why sprinkling is not baptism. It's not baptism. Next time when you go for a burial, this thing, you just try to tell, you know, I just sprinkle some mud on that dead body and leave it like that. They won't accept it. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I would, just that's you know, Just take a handful and sprinkle and say that. They will say, no, it has to go six feet under and covered completely. Mm. Covered completely. Nothing should escape from this. Okay. (laughs) And it is true about baptism too. Because baptism is a burial service. The Bible is very clear. It is a burial service. So sprinkling won't do. Sprinkling won't do. Okay. It has to, it has, it's, it, it has, the person goes underwater. The person goes underwater and comes, when he goes underwater, he's saying the old man has Died. Right. The old man has died. The one who is rising is a new person. There are multiple applications in this. When he is dying that way, he is also proclaiming the death of the old man in Christ Jesus. Yes, <laughs> That is another thing. Yes. Okay? He is saying that I died with Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I was buried with him. And I have risen with mm-hmm. him. So the two people actually rise. A new Christ has risen from the dead. You have risen from the dead. It is a new man who is marrying the new risen Christ. You are not marrying the old Christ. That's why Paul says, even though we have, we do not want to know him in the flesh anymore, you don't want to get married to Jesus. He will not marry you either. The Jesus who walked on earth will not marry you because he can only marry one person because he came in the flesh. He cannot marry two people because he came under the law and the law will allow him to marry only one person. If he marries, he says, I will come in the flesh and I will marry you and save you only one girl. That too he can't marry a man. Only one woman will be saved. Nobody will be saved because he came in the flesh. So there is a death of Christ and the death of the person. And when Christ rises up from, this is the new person, the new Christ, new Christ in the sense the spirit is the same, body is different. That's the Christ. And when you baptize and you rise up, you are saying, I am a new man in Christ Jesus. So there are multiple applications to it. But when they are talking about the resurrection of the dead, it is not talking about that. It is not talking about that. It is talking about those. We talk, Basically, it is talking about the resurrection body. All those who have fallen asleep in Christ, and I believe with God in eternity, because... Paul says, if you're absent in the body, you're present with God, Mm. haven't got their bodies. Mm. And the entire narrative on Hebrews 11 ends with that. All these people received the promise, but one thing is left. They are waiting for that promise. Mm. What is that promise? The promise is the body. The thing is that, you know what? Once Christ, this was all predetermined by God. Once Christ came and he came in the body, And he died and he rose again. That is the model of the new creation. Mm. The model of the new creation. You receive a new body. Now you need to realize that the demons, because we know our spirits, okay? demons who are spirits, cannot do anything in this material world unless they have a body. They need a body. They need a body. Today morning we heard, even if the demon has to do something to stop the boat, it has to raise the waves up. Something material. Something material, material. okay. You need to realize. We may have the best ideas in the world and everything, but without your body, you cannot function. You cannot function. Anything a man has to do, you have a soul, you have a spirit, the spiritual component. Without the body, you cannot do anything. Even if you have the best idea in your head, you have to either speak it out or you have to write it down. Then only it becomes functional in the material material world. So you need to realize, without a body, we cannot really, really function. So all those who are dead, In that sense, physically dead and their spirits or souls are waiting over there. They cannot function until get their new body. And they have been waiting. They're all waiting over there. The book of Revelation talks about the souls of the dead. How long, how long, how long, how long, how long, how long? But it's a little more, a little more. Because everybody will get only their body at the same time. Mm. Because they get their body, is also part of your judgment. Because bodies won't be the same. The glory of each body will differ according to your obedience and walk uh, with God on earth. So you can't get it because before time. So every the only one who has received his resurrection body is Jesus. Nobody else has. And there are only two other people over there with the material body. One is Elijah. And the other is Enoch. Nobody else. But Elijah and Enoch, they are carrying the old body. It's not the new body. They are carrying the old body. And I believe in so many ways Elijah and Enoch are frozen in time. Because in eternity, there is no time. Because when Enoch was taken and Elijah was taken, time stopped for them. Otherwise, scripture will go wrong. Because on the first day, the day you eat, you will die. So the oldest man, Methuselah, was 969. And Enoch is over uh five thousand, six thousand years old. But he cannot be six thousand years old because then scripture would be wrong because the minute he was taken and moved out of the earth realm, time is suspended for them. So he when he comes back, he was taken at three sixty five. He comes back, he will live for three years, if I'm right. Yes. Just revelation. maybe a revelation. Three and a half, mm-hmm. roughly years. So I if you want to put it he will die at the age of three sixty eight. Three sixty eight Elijah, we do not know how many years he was, let us say he was taken up at sixty. he will also okay, so that is how because it's appointed unto every man to die once. The only set of people who will not die is the set of believers. Uh, overcomers who are there when Jesus comes, they will be translated in an instant. But then bodies also will change. Yeah, bodies also Mm -hmm. will change. They will leave their other bodies and will be transformed into the other body. So that resurrection from the dead is different from this baptism. The baptism does not have a connection with that. It does not have a connection with that. But understand, if you want to be saved, Jesus said it very clearly. You have to be baptized. And the baptism in the Bible, everywhere in the Bible. The problem is, even when the KJB was translated, mm. it's because of the Catholic Church and the Protestant movement coming out of it, and the king who wanted that, and trans- they were very careful to see these certain words, they just transliterated it directly, they did not change its meaning. So they used the Latin word, Bab- Greek word baptizo, but baptizo actually means immersion. 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 And one particular word, if you look in classical Greek, baptizo means immersion. And that one word which you have in, in a non-baptism context used in the Bible is when the, the rich man, uh, Lazarus, he, he says, would you dip his finger? Okay, finger. So that dipping is actually the word baptizo okay immersing would you dip his finger and give me a drop of water so everywhere in the bible you will see baptism is immersion it is not sprinkling and once you know its spiritual context and spiritual meaning symbolic meaning everything you cannot sprinkle cannot sprinkle you have to bury that person and you bury him under water and that's and but a person comes out of it. The other picture you have it is the picture of Noah's Ark. Yes. Noah's Ark is used by Peter as an example. Mm. So you have in this baptism the first world creation, the first creation—not um, first creation, but the first world when it was judged. It is judged by water. water. It is by judged by water, and one set of people who are in the ark, they don't come out; they come through the water. Yes. there is water underneath there's water over what is over but one whole set of people perished one people came through the water so that is a picture of baptism so basically when you get baptized you are saying you're coming through the water the old man is or old man is dead and when noah comes out of the water and out of the ark, what is coming is into a new creation so therefore uh, corinthians five seventeen will say second corinthians. second corinthians five seventeen therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he 's a new creation, all things have passed away. behold, all things have become new that 's a starting point, and from there, old things starts passing away slowly, and all new, all things starts becoming new and that 's why the Bible uses the illustration of a marriage. Okay, the marriage, like the day you get married and you walk down the aisle and you go with your spouse, technically all things have passed away. All things have become new. Okay? But that starts from that day. Yeah. And things are becoming, the old things starts. Though you love your parents, the attachment starts going it's not the old attachment any for the things maybe you loved your mommy's cooking before but you know you have to eat your wife's cooking you may miss your mommy's cooking for a season and then slowly you will start liking your wife's cooking and after some time you forget the taste of your mommy's cooking okay you go. so there are good things in your past and bad things in your past but ultimately all things pass away now we are talking we are not saying your dad and mom passes away but i'm saying those attachments change it is never the same again it will never and should not be the same again though they are there it is never the same again you're old like you may be a bachelor going to work then you get married and you're going to work is completely different it is not office is the same the job profile is the same the work you do is the same but it is not the same The reason is that you have become a new person because you got married. Mm. Now you have a responsibility in the same way. Everything outwardly looks the same when you come out of water, but actually everything has changed. You are no longer the same, same person. And it is recognized first in the spiritual realm. They recognize it. The angels see it and the demons see it. And you will be tested. Have you really, really believed in your baptism, are you real? So for most people testing begins after baptism a test begins after baptism and the same question you hear all the wives say is that what happened to you after marriage you were not like that when you were courting. you have to say honey you got married (laughs) <laughs> okay. okay and testing actually begins because coating is very easy you go to a restaurant you eat you pay the bill go back to your two old houses <laughs> you are not going to the same place you're going to two different houses but then suddenly you get married you go to the same house now you have to pay the bill you have to wake up in the morning you have to do all your stuff and you suddenly realize you know what i'm running my own home And you have to wake up and realize things have changed. The Mm -hmm. same thing. The tests, the real, real tests begin. The real, real tests begin. If you look at it, the tests for Israel begins after they cross the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. God protects them Mm -hmm. till then, Mm -hmm. finishes the Pharaoh and all. But after they cross the Red Sea, the tests begin. And they will fail the tests after baptism. They went through the baptism, but they failed the test. Therefore, they cannot enter into that That's new life that was offered to them. They did not go back to the old life because they physically could not. But they lived that old life in their head. They always said, you know, the old days were say very good Egypt to us. So you have to literally die. But one generation died to that Egypt in the wilderness. Wilderness. So now they have to go through another river, not the sea. The river is different. That is not a river of baptism. That is a river of death that's to self. To self. They are not dying to Egypt. They are dying to self. That they are going to fight and overcome. So mm-hmm. that's a different river. That's a different experience altogether. You believe you are baptized. You come out and Jesus says, pick up your You're cross and daily. follow mm-hmm. me daily. That picking up the cross and follow him sure. daily is River Jordan. Oh, yes. It is river Jordan. There is no going back. There is no going back. Yes, Pastor Vijay, I hope I explained baptism. Yeah. Yes, uh, Pastor. Again, because it's a new
1: life. Uh, this is question number one. It's been there for a while. Um, talking about priorities. <clears throat> uh, to be like Jesus, we must run the race with perseverance. Our actions and attitudes must conform to Christ, and our purpose must be the same as His—to seek and save the lost. Explain this as a li- this a little. I do not want to get carried away by about seeking and saving the lost and not running my own race. The question. Okay.
0: Now, please remember. First thing we need to understand is this: we are a body. Okay, and uh, has homework for those who ask a question or are interested in this question. Read First Corinthians twelve. Okay. First Corinthians twelve. Now you don't have to go there; it's a whole chapter. Now the whole thing is that uh, uh, you went to one twelve, not one twelve. First Corinthians twelve. 12. 12. 12. It's okay. okay. Okay, yeah. If you put it okay, they're talking about spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts is got to do with our function. Where it will say that we are one body but many parts, mm. many parts. So basically. The one that saves. I'll give you the picture over there. The book of Acts. Chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2. And verse 14. And Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Okay? So if you look at it, there are 120, and then there are 12, mm. and there is one who is speaking, but it is one voice. Yes. When 3,000 people get saved on that day, you cannot say they got saved through Peter alone. Mm-hmm. No, Peter was the voice, but they were saved through the church. Okay? Church is one body. I may be the one who is preaching, but that does not mean I am the one who is doing the work alone. There is a church and everybody, like now, you are seeing over here. Okay, you only see me, but there are people behind. There are people behind the camera. There are people behind the system. There are people handling the sound. Everything, the inner, the inner, the inner, everything. Now, let me ask you this question: If you are in there, will this question answer go anywhere? Uh-huh. No, it won't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. So you know what? We are working as one unit. Uh-huh. One unit. Different functions. So when you talk about, uh, to seek and to save the lost, Jesus went out to seek and save the lost. It is coming from there. Go to Luke 8. Luke 8. And verses 1 to 3, if I'm right. Luke 8, 1 to 3. Now it came to pass, afterward, that is Jesus, He went through every city and village Preaching. What is he preaching? What is he doing? Seeking. Saving the lost. Bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. Okay. And certain (coughs) women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. They are part of the gospel. They will never preach a word. But if he's not, if they are not there, his ne- physical needs will not be met. There are twelve of them. They are not working. They left their function. They left their profession. Peter is no longer fishing. John is not fishing. Andrew is not. Matthew's left his tax book. All of them have left. Now you have a set of women, some poor, some rich, well-to-do, everything, because Chusa is a Herod's household steward. Now what are these women doing? They are following them. And they are carrying their substance with them. I'm not saying all of them followed them, everybody. I think they did it in turns or yeah. whatever. So basically, what do you think they did? They supported their ministry. I believe they cooked for them. I believe they washed Jesus' clothes, everything. Got it, this thing for Him. So they took care of them. Now Jesus preached. But if you look at it, the whole team is a team of ministry. Yeah. So when you say Jesus came to seek and save the lost, the primary work is being done by him. But in ministry format, Mary Magdalene is there, Joanna Sanashusa is there. They're all doing their part. That's how the kingdom of God works. Otherwise, you'll get mistaken and by thing that everyone is called to be an evangelist. No, everyone is called to be a witness. That's all. You're a witness of Christ. You get witness of Christ. And... When opportunities come, you witness. But if your calling—that is, one of these fivefold calling, primarily fivefold calling—is there, that calling is from Jesus. Remember, gifts in Corinthians twelve are from the Holy Spirit. He's the Lord of the church. He gives. According to each one as he pleases, the yes. Bible says. Okay? But the callings are not from the Holy Spirit. The callings are from Jesus. He calls. They are also called gifts. So there are gifts of Jesus and gifts of the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. The gifts of Jesus are people with offices, so there is the fivefold calling of Jesus Christ: the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the pastor, and the teacher. The five, I would say, four or five, because if you read that portion very carefully, it does not say uh, divide the shepherd, the pastor, and the teacher, because the pastor has to be a teacher. But you also have to realize that all teachers are not pastors. In the body of Christ also, all pastors were not, all teachers were not pastors. So you have that, but every pastor has to be a teacher. You cannot be a pastor and not be a teacher, but you can be a teacher and not be a pastor you have been called primarily to edify the body of Christ, but you are not shepherding them because you do not have that, or you do not have that heart, or God did not give you that calling. So these are two different things. So one has to know what is your function in the kingdom of God, and you need to be faithful in that function. Yes. It is just not First Corinthians 12. It is also Romans 12. 1 Romans 12, Most verse 3, three onwards, okay, 3, 4, 5, 6, I think.
1: Yes, yes, sure.
0: For I say, through the ge- grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6. We belong to one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophesy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry, he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. So there is somebody, because the rest we are kind of, but we don't realize there is somebody who's been given a gift of giving, meaning this is what they use that term in modern theology as a kingdom financier. Hmm. He used that term as a kingdom financier, meaning he's been gifted in the kingdom of God to generate wealth. He gets that gift to do that. He's a businessman, and he makes money. And he realizes, my primary job is to fund the ministry. So he puts in the bulk of the money that is that is Chusa, this Herod's uh, steward's wife, because she comes from a big well-to-do family so therefore she has money and therefore she in so many ways is financing the ministry so each one has to realize that this is my gift and you know what he who leads with diligence what is that it is the gift of administration imagine you have a big ministry or a big church whatever it is The one who may be a founder doesn't do the administration. Administration is done by somebody else who has the gift of administration. Mm. Some people do not have the gift of administration, and they try to lead, and they mess it up. Because administration is a gift, and you don't need an MBA for that. Administration is a gift because you have learned. You need to realize the gift of of Joseph. Is basically the Ad, gift of administration. administration he's going to be an administrator but God takes him in stages first teaches him how to administer in the 41st house administer in the jail ultimately handles the kingdom over to him so that's how we know these are all gifts he who shows mercy which we don't even realize mercy is a gift mm. mercy is a gift And when people realize, you know, there are two people, or there are three people, or four people in a church, one has got the gift of mercy, and automatically you will realize that elder or person is to whom people go with their sins, not their problems, their sins. And that person shows mercy. Shows mercy. Okay. Why was uh, not bond, Jesus? Why was the mm-hmm. sinners flocking around Jesus and would never go around the Pharisees, though, though they both spoke the word? Because with the Pharisees, you never received mercy. Never mercy, received mercy. With Jesus, you always received mercy. It didn't matter what you did; could show you mercy and tell you, "Go, don't sin again." So the gift of mercy is a very needed gift mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God because people are broken and they need mercy and everybody doesn't show mercy everybody doesn't show mercy because before you can show mercy you yourself have to go through a path of brokenness otherwise you have nothing go to 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 Okay, 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 I Paul apostle of Jesus Christ by the way yeah go to verse 2 Okay, grace to you, peace from God our Father, Lord of Jesus Christ, verse 3. Blessed, yeah, go to verse, okay, Christ, the Father of mercy. Yeah, go to 3. Okay, what is he called here? The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now, verse 4. Yeah, verse 4. What does he do? Who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. Only people who have experienced the mercy of God and the comfort of God are really able to comfort others. That's why the first act of David when he becomes king is, Is there anybody from the household of Saul to whom I can show mercy, mercy. grace? You know why? from Jonathan's house, because Jonathan had showed him mercy. When he was in trouble and the king was after his life, Jonathan risked his life and showed mercy and comfort to David. So now he has experienced the comfort of God and the mercy of God through different individuals during his times of distress. Now he is bound to pass on that comfort or mercy to others. And that is a very, very needed gift in the kingdom of God. But it doesn't naturally come this, naturally come. You have to go through a yeah. process. You have to go through a process. You know why? Because that's what God does. He's a merciful God. He will mer- He'll, He'll show you mercy. He will tell you do not sin, but he will always show you mercy and we survive basically every day because of his mercy. So if you look at it, there are so many gifts in the body of Christ. So many gifts. And whenever you understand your part and your function in the body of Christ, okay, like there are new, I wish somebody would put up the water okay. and it's okay. Uh, one there are new gifts in the body of Christ, okay? There are new gifts in the body of Christ, which was not there 2,000 years ago. Mm. You know in- like, these, these are gifts. <laughs> just not in the body of Christ. But these gifts are blessing thousands of people, okay? If somebody did not, you may think it is technical, okay? But it is not just just not technical it is not just administration is technical but administration in the church is not technical it's spiritual yeah. it is spiritual okay all these things can be become very technical and it loses the grace of god and the anointing of god now it is spiritual so you need to realize each one understands what is that i have to do what i am to do and wherever i go i will be a witness i'll be a light i am the light of god in this world I am the light. In him was life, and that life was the light light of men. So I will be light. That's your witness. Okay, that's your witness. But other than that, you find your role, and you be the best you can be. Once you find your slot in the kingdom of God, in the body, your local body of Christ, you need to be faithful. mm. You need to be faithful. And you can come and tell your pastor, You can count on me. And if by any chance I am not able to come, I will let you know. But when I am there, this thing is taken care of. I realize this is what I can do. Uh, It may be a very little thing as an usher, which is not a small thing, or waiting at the tables, which is not a small thing. Okay. Once you know your part, this is where I am serving. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. You will not remain there all your life. But your faithfulness there matters and God will move you from there to another level. Like mm. Stephen mm. becomes the first martyr, Brilliant. he preaches to the Sanhedrin. Philip becomes an evangelist. But they all started somewhere small. They mm. started waiting at the tables. Okay, they're waiting at the tables. That's how the kingdom works. And when you are doing that, you know what? If you look, Acts chapter uh not fifth fifth thirteen. Or twelve, twelve or thirteen, where uh, the yeah 13, 13. 13, 13. Mm-hmm. 1 to three. Now the church that was at Antioch there were certain prophets, teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, and all those okay who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They, they having fasted and prayed, laid hands on them, and they sent them away. Now two apostles are going. Okay, But who sent them? The church, the church sent them. So they are seeking and saving the lost. Who is seeking and saving the lost? The church. Mm-hmm. Through two men. Church. Through two men. That's how church even now sends missionaries. And they go to a mission field and the church from here support them. Mm. So when they support them, the whole church is part of that mission field, Mm. though the whole church never goes there. Only one person or two people go. Husband and a wife goes on a mission field. They set a base over there. They start their mission over there. But the church sends them. The church financially supports them. The ch- church supports them in prayer. And you know what has happened? Those two people are seeking and saving the lost. But just not two people. The whole the church... church is seeking and saving the law. So you find your this thing and be faithful. Otherwise you will be all like shooting stars, each one doing his own thing and never connected to the rest of the body. You know what is that called? In a body? It's called a what no? you know what? Mm. Whenever you have a what on mm. your hand or face this thing, you know you know what a what is? It serves no What's function. It? it is there in the body. But it's not a part of the body. It's there on the body, but really it is not part of the body. So what do you do? You will try to go and take it out, laser it out. Okay, You are not supposed to be what's on the body. You are supposed to be part on the body. So you can have another title, part or what, one day. Okay. okay, No, you are supposed to be part of the body. Find its Lord, be faithful in it, and God will move you. And when God moves you, what you learn from here is what God will, not what the skills you learned here, but you carry this faithfulness over there. Carry your faithfulness over there. That's how Stephen, Philip and all of them are moved on to ministry.
1: Hmm. Yes. Pastor, again, uh, this is uh, connected to new life you, um, in Christ. This is question number nine. <coughs> uh, talking about eating habits, etc. Okay. Uh, there are some diseases that are not evident when they are contracted. Even though we may carry the germs in our bodies. You say you should eat healthy, but, uh, but you have fallen ill. Have you ever fallen ill? How would one explain? No, yeah, I have fallen ill. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How would one explain this to our younger, younger generation? My children never eat fast food, never eat pizza. They do not eat anything other than their mom's cooking. I'm a very disciplined father being in Dubai, seeing all the obese men and women. Our motor at home do not eat junk. My son is 6 feet and 4 inches, plays basketball. He had surgery for kidney stones, does not even drink sodas. You say sometimes, that is is uh, could that be because of sin? Would you say, uh, in this case, we drink water at home all the time. He heard your answers on Q&A. So, he's questioned it when you said it could be sin. Please
0: explain. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not saying in every case, it is sin. Okay. I'm not saying every case, it is sin. But let's look at the the primary issue of uh, sickness. Before there was no sin, there was no sickness. Mm. Okay, understand that. Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. They never fell sick. Okay. Sickness came in post-fall because sickness results ultimately in death. Okay. Ultimately in death. But, Because the man that was created was created without sin Mm. and without sickness. Mm. Nothing at all. Even after the fall, if you look at the record, they lived long. They lived very long. They lived very long. But post-fall, the fall of man affected everything in this world. Everything in this world. Mm. So the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, We all know now scientifically is poisonous. It is poisonous. There is no foolproof method. Otherwise, why did they put us under mass for two years? Wouldn't let us get out of our houses. Because of something which you cannot see, says it is spreading. So we understand how it works. The whole world is full of poison floating in the air, in the water, in the food, the pesticides, everything. You can try whatever you want. You are not going to escape it. It is there. So there is a natural means of sickness. Natural means of sickness. Then God comes into the picture in Exodus 15 and verse 26 and then 23-25, I think. Yes. Okay. Now God comes to them. They have come through a land that was ravaged by sickness mm. because of the judgments of God. If you diligently hear the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Mm. So something is spiritual is added over here. He says, if you listen to my voice and obey my commandments, he says, you know what? I will protect you from sickness, and I will also heal you. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Now we need to realize one fundamental thing about the fallen man living in this world. The food that we eat, not all food, like this brother, the way what he's talking about the food. Our food that we eat is not only giving us energy for our body, it is also healing us. Mm. It is also healing us. We don't realize we need healing every day. Yes. We need healing every day. Because the fallen man, because of sin, his body is degenerating. Mm. His body is, his body is degenerating. Corruption has set in. There is no reversing it. Please understand, there is no reversing. It's like you buy vegetables. You can put it in the fridge. You can freeze it. But it is degenerating. It is degenerating. Okay? You cannot reverse the process. You can slow the process. So sin came in, our body starts degenerating. Hmm. That is what happens. That is why, ultimately, it has to... What is the end of degeneration? It is called. There is a state your body will reach, ultimately. At that point, the spirit has to leave, because the body cannot contain the spirit anymore. Anymore. It has degenerated to that point. The spirit will leave. So it is appointed unto man to die once. You will die. You will die. So we are not talking about living in health, the pink of health forever. It is not going to happen. We are not trying to reverse anything. We are trying to live healthy as long as we can and serve God. Okay? Now you need to realize there are many facets of health over there. Second thing about health is we understand genetic gene past diseases. Your father and mother had diabetes. You get it. You have a very high chance Science. of getting it. Then another person, you may be of the same age, same class, but his parents did not have it, your parents had it, you, you stand a very high chance of getting it, almost. Very strong, strong chance of getting it. So we understand genetics. You need to understand, iniquity also is that way. Iniquity is spiritual DNA transference. It passes that way. Okay. Now, so what happens if I were to know my dad and mom had diabetes? They did not have. One of the reasons I hardly fall ill. I mean, honestly, I need to thank my parents because my parents never were ill. They were not ill. Honestly, dad was healthy. He did not die of a sickness. He died because he was alcoholic. And then he died. Okay, so he never was ill because of the way they lived. They were so very careful they were and my mom very rarely ever fell ill. So they did not pass any diseases on to us. So that way, that is one blessing you get. Okay, you get a blessing. That's a blessing. Okay, because that's the inheritance you leave for your children. Mm. If you are healthy and your ch- children, uh, uh, are born to you at least what you pass is that you don 't pass any you may pass your iniquity you did not pass your disease because you had none okay so at least for that they can say thank you so we understand all these parts okay we understand all this part then the spiritual comes in the third one the third one comes that 's what we saw a part of it this morning hebrews eleven uh, verses five to seven this is Jesus coming onto earth. And let me tell you, only one man walked ten, ten, like ten, ten. Ten, 10, Hebrews 10, 5 to 7. Okay. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And verse 6, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your no. will, O God. Yes. Now, if you put take verse 5 and verse 7 and put it together, this is the key. Dad, I have come to do your will. It is written in this book what you want me to do, what you want me to do, mm-hmm. everything. I have come to do your absolute, total will. Mm-hmm. And then verse 5 says, for that purpose, you have given me a body. Mm-hmm. Look at a prepared body. A body you prepared for me. But when he's on earth, he's preparing his body for Mm, that purpose. mm, mm. There are two sides of what God does. His blood will sanctify. His spirit will sanctify. His word will sanctify. But let a man cleanse himself. So there is what God will do, and there is what man will do. Some people have given everything over to God. It does not work like that. There is God's part, and there is man's part. You don't give everything over to God. God says, No, I do this, you do this. If you listen to my voice, and obey my commandments, then this is what I will do. So in Jesus' case, you will realize, here is a man, God, in flesh man, son of man, who came to do the will of God. And I believe, and I know I'm right, he prepared his body that way. Prepared his body that way. He handed his body over for the will of God. Will of God. Will of God. I was talking to our young couple just before we started and talking about that you are young, you are not overweight or anything, but it does not matter. I said, it's not, you, are, you will never put on weight. Your body, like like me, you don't, some people's, what do you call that, body constant is basically like that. You won't put on weight. But I said, that does not mean you do not need exercise. Because exercise, you is connected with your stamina, your energy levels. And you have to consistently do it now. Because when the hour of your calling comes, your body should not fail you. Like we use the example of sports athletes. Almost every athlete retires before or by 40. by 40. When he retires at 40, let us say he's a cricketer or a footballer, he knows the game so well. He's the best in the field, but he cannot play. In his mind, he knows, but his body won't cooperate. So the footballer understands his time span. That is why our own Pranit, when he had an injury. Let us say, Samir has the same injury, Roshan has the same injury, Pranit has the same injury. It is not the same for Pranit, because he's a professional cricketer. It curtailed his career. Mm-hmm. It curtailed. So, okay, it curtailed his, it, it took his career off. Car- to his career completely because he's a professional sportsman and that injury has that's why sportsmen take care of their injuries not like the way we do yeah. and some of them their legs are all insured for one million and two million dollars and all. for us they won't even give 1 dollar for our leg <laughs> okay. so you need to understand that's how it works so when you are talking about the body you also need to understand there is a surrender there is a surrender of your body for the will of God when you consciously do that God's part and your part, your part is therefore you are very careful about your body you're not doing it for yourself you are not doing it for a secular career you are not you're doing it for God so when you eat like that and it doesn't matter whether you're six feet four or whether you are five feet four it is irrelevant because God created and you you can't change your height okay that's where you are. But you can take care of that body Mm. of that certain height and say, Lord, this is what I am. This is now I know when I am. I come to know you. And maybe you know it at 30. Some people know it early. Some people know it late. But now I am surrendering myself. Okay, it will take more effort. You change your eating habits. You change your living habits. You change everything. What are you doing? You are preparing his body to do the will because you identify with Christ that in the volume of the book it is written also about me. It's written also about me. Because the thing is that if you do not do that, then when a season comes and God actually, like I said, the spirit does not function without a body. When God actually needs your body, body, you realize you are a footballer in the head, but you cannot play. So what do you become? You become a commentator. That's why you have so many commentators in the body of Christ. They cannot function. They go nowhere. They do nothing. But they can give you expert opinion how the church should be run. If you ask them, why did God charge you? You say, ah, I cannot move. I cannot. Because they never prepared their body. They wasted their body. They wasted their body. Okay? Or you can have a perfect body. And you waste your mind up. Mm. That is Psalm 106, verse 15. If you look it in, you will look it in what you call it, KJV. Leanness into your soul. Okay. Okay, Psalm 106, verse He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They had a perfect body because of what they ate. They came out of Egypt. They only ate once meat, okay, so don't blame them for you. You can also eat once what you did not want. You are, nothing is going to happen. But for 40 years they ate the food of angels. They ate manna. The Bible says there was none ill among them. None feeble among them. Fit as a fiddle. Nobody sick. They're just falling dead. They're just falling dead. Nobody sick. But a useless set of people. Totally useless in the kingdom of God. Their only use in the kingdom of God is as an objectless and don't become like them. Okay, and there are a lot of people like that in the in the kingdom yeah. of God. They fit as a fiddle, they took care of their body, but they never took care of their soul. Their minds they did not take care what happened? There is leanness in their soul. Mm-hmm. So God wants to use your body, but God wants to basically use your soul in the, the body. body yes. But here they messed up their soul. Mm-hmm. They messed up their soul, the body is good, but the soul is useless, so we are not, we are talking about the Bible talks about it. Have this mind of Christ Jesus in first peter four one so be very balanced the body and the soul you know? got it, yeah, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourself also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from the sin. So but the Bible talks about a mind. A mind. The Bible talks about a body. When it talks about the body, if you go to if I'm right, it's Second Corinthians chapter six. Yes. Six eleven. Passport. Oh no no. Which one no, not, I think it's first body for the Lord. Uh,
1: it's it a seven. So first, first Corinthians seven.
0: Uh and the Lord for the 6 and verse uh, okay. uh twelve and thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. You are not first, rest- first Corinthians, six. First first Corinthians six. chapter six, six. twelve uh, and thirteen. Okay. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. Did you see that? Can we have it in uh NIV which makes it a little more simpler? <laughs> Okay. Now look at it. This, uh, God is not uh, telling, okay. He says, you Turn know, what? God. He says, He says the best thing is self-discipline once you have understood the truth. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Okay. <laughs> like the <laughs> pastor, pastor Derek who asked, can I, if I eat pork, will I go to heaven? He said, of course, only a little faster. <laughs> 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 Who's stopping you from eating pork? Everything is permissible. But the question is not whether everything is permissible. The question is, is everything beneficial. beneficial? Beneficial in what? In fulfilling the will of God in my life. Okay, the will of God in my life. That is the whole thing. Okay, the will of God. Is everything beneficial? No, everything is not beneficial. Can I eat everything in the supermarket? Yes, who's stopping you? Mm. You got the money, buy it, eat it. Is everything in that beneficial? No! It is not beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered. I will not let my stomach be the boss because I have a race to run. Look at verse 13. Food for the stomach and the stomach for the food. But God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So if you look at the principle, putting aside just sexual immorality is only one way you can abo- abuse your body. There are many ways you can abuse your body. So you goes to the top, but come down, further down over there, gluttony, drunkenness, you know, lack of exercise, sleeping too much, sleeping too less. All these things affect your body all these things affect your body so the bible says the body take take the take that is not meant for sexual immorality take that out and put it combine the sentence the body for the lord and the lord for the body if you believe your body is for the lord and you ask god you know my body better than the trainer or the dietitian because you created my body you help me Teach me, my body is for you. God says, I am for your body. I am for your body. And that's how, if you came to the Lord late and you did not have the kind of body that you suddenly wish, God says, I am still for your body. Will you surrender now? Will you surrender now? Abraham surrendered to the Lord at the age of 75 Mm -hmm. and he ran for a 100 years. 100 years he ran. He surrendered only at the age of 75. And he ran for a hundred years. And because his body was surrendered to the Lord, you know what? Even when his body and Sarah's body were technically dead right. to produce a child, God renewed that strength. Oh. Back because this man had surrendered himself for the will of God. And you have to believe these things. You have to believe these things. You have to take it and say, Lord, I surrender my body completely to you. Okay, I'm 50 years old. I'm 60 years old. I'm surrendering it. You know what? I am going to speak over my body. That's the question I asked this morning and today also. Jesus rebuked the wind. Does the wind have ears? No, I, but the spirit has ears. Yes. Jesus rebuked the fever. Does the fever have ears? He rebuked the fever and the fever left. He scourged the tree. The tree died. Does the tree have ears? Yes, there are, sp- there's a spiritual realm. We don't understand the spiritual realm. One day we will understand what all things had ears and ears. And okay. this thing. if they don't have ears, why did Jesus say, oh, stop them from um, praising you? He said, if they don't, the stones will. One day we will suddenly enter into a realm. When this realm is over, we will realize. Stones sing, praise to God. Trees sing, praise to God. Animals sing, praise to God. We will be shocked to realize they have ears and they have tongues, but not like us, not like us, a different realm altogether. Okay, So that is how Nania was formed in C.S. Lewis's mind, that before the fall, animals spoke. And that's why when the snake spoke to Eve, she was not shocked. She didn't run to Adam saying the snake is speaking. She she was not scared. She was not upset. Okay, she was not. And all the animals ate grass. They did not. There were no carnivorous animals in the garden or even outside, because when Noah is getting the animals in, God did not say get these animals so the lion can eat. No, they all ate fodder. It was later they changed. Mm-hmm later it changed so you see how things are happening so when you look at it there is this body there is this mind like we looked at it in little detail in the church today go back even though it's in english telugu you can understand you have your body and you have your soul you have to take care of your body you can say lord i have prepared my body to the best i know for your use right. here is my body offer your bodies as living sacrifice romans 12:1 Offer your bodies. What does it say? Look at Romans 12 and verse 1. Two things it talks about the body. Oh. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. First thing is holy. And that is what we looked. Sexual immorality, whatever, this thing, you no? Know, different context of holiness of the body. And acceptable to God. Yeah. Your body may not be acceptable to God even if it is holy. Yeah. It may not be acceptable. Because you are, this, not, this is not the holiness part of it, this is the other part of it. You are not actually taking care of your body, you are filling it with junk. You are filling it with soda. And you are dying before your time, you are ill before your time. And God wants that body, God wants that body. So you're keeping your body holy and keeping your body acceptable, acceptable. So you have to look at all this. And then when things are on the other side of the picture, the spiritual realm of it, God says, I will bless your bread and water. Mm. And I will take sickness away. The Bible says, everything that is received with thanksgiving, when you receive it, it is sanctified. Now you are looking at what you call it, you are looking at the spiritual side. Can we have that verse over there, wherever it is? I forgot. Second Timothy, first Timothy chapter 2, 3, one second verse. We uh-huh. need to understand, first why do we say Grace. Why do we say, except Atira, why does everybody else say grace? Atira says mercy when her mother feeds her. <laughs> okay, Atira, I hope you are listening, okay? Uh-huh. When Atira, a little baby, her mother feeds her, she says, have mercy, have first, mercy. First, okay? Have first, mercy. First, first Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to
1: 5.
0: Yeah, I want this because this is a very crucial question and this is a crucial. 4? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, First Timothy chapter 4. More on, more on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking, yes, Pastor.
1: It's uh, verse 3, I think. Yeah.
0: Three. Huh? three.
1: Yes, Pastor. Okay. Forbidding. Okay, prayer. yeah.
0: Forbidding and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the verse truth. Four. Okay, no, verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. And verse 5. Okay, verse 5. For it, For is. it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what we eat, what we eat, it is sanctified by the word of God. Now remember, sanctified by the word of God, holy. So that's why you have to be careful. Some things the word of God says is unholy. The word of God says it is holy, unholy. Okay, The man and man says it is holy, but the word of God itself says it is unclean and holy. So it is a difficult debate to say the word of God says this is unholy and the Bible says the word of it is sanctified by the word of God. So I leave it to you, you do, and whatever (laughs) it is. But let us go to the other side. It is sanctified by prayer. Mm, Word and prayer. Okay. Okay. What the fire can't do. What the pressure cooker can't do. What the microwave can't do. What the oven can't do. Prayer can do. Mm. It sanctifies the food. Mm. Okay. Now these are spiritual things which we exercise by faith. Okay. Exercise by faith. So there is a prayer I offer over the food. There is a blessing God gives over my food. We have to work together. I will bless your water and your food and take sickness away from your midst. And God says, how does it happen? God says, we work together. Okay? We work together. You pray over the food. And when you pray over the food, on the other side, I will bless your food. There are extreme cases. Again, promises in the Bible. Go to Mark 16 and verse 16 onwards.
1: Sixteen. Mark
0: sixteen and words sixteen onwards. 16 onwards. Yes, yeah. Okay, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now we go into believing. What will happen when you actually believe what God says? These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. If somebody is deliberately trying to poison you, why are eating stuff you are not used to? Before the COVID, I was out for three weeks or two weeks. I was out from one end of Malaysia to the other end of Malaysia and then crossed over by Land Bridge into Singapore. And everything that I eat is what I don't eat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every Because places like Malaysia and Singapore and all, you know these places, people don't cook. Everybody eats out. That's how the entire system is formed. Singapore has this colony kind of stuff all people work in, in the area they all live there and eating joints are there you don't need transport or anything you walk and you eat you go home everything everybody seems to be eating out i am i'm not a person who eats out so i don't remember how many days i was there but imagine i was there for 15 days and i ate uh, 3 uh, 15 3s or 45 meals and all 45 meals are from outside but i don't feel i will not fall ill the covenant I have with God. I will not fall in on, on 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 mission. I will not fall ill on mission. You know, I will not fall on mission because if you ask me, what is the promise you stand on? Eighteen. Even if I take poison, because many of the stuff when I go out and eat, it is actually poison for my body. Mm. It may be host for your body, but poison for my body. <laughs> okay. My body will say strange things are appearing today into this thing. Okay, But it is poison for my body. Okay, Literally, my body is not. I mean, if I were to eat some of the stuff which I ate over here today, in my home, if I were to, I would be testing the Lord. You know what? My body immediately, immediately will start not reacting. It becomes uncomfortable because I'm not used to it. I, have my, I don't have mess with my stomach. Okay? But you know what happens? You have this. Why I need that You need all these promises to stand on. These are promises of God. Okay? These are promises of God. For what? For life. Mm. Okay? He's divine. Go there to Second Peter chapter 1. And, verse three and four. 3 and 4. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. Let's leave godliness aside because we are looking at life and one enjoyable part of life is eating. Right? Everybody agrees? Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and Virtue. Virtue. And if you go to verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promise that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let us put lust over there, corruption over there, and divine nature over there. Okay, So there is corruption in the world, and corruption comes through lust. And people don't like food, they lust after food. The people and the children of Israel in the the wilderness, the Bible says, they lusted after meat. They were lusting after meat. It is not they were hungry, because they were never hungry. They had food, and they had the best water you could think about. Water from the rock. And the rock was Christ, the Bible. Spiritually, it was Christ. They had the food of the angels, but they were less lusting after the food of the Egyptians. Okay? And that is how people are. Even in the church, they lust after food. They don't hunger after food. Hunger is a normal word. Lust is a strong word. But the Bible says you have promises. You have promises by which you partake of the divine sure. nature. What nature is it talking about for life? It is the nature of Christ when he walked on earth. Mm. Do you ever hear Jesus falling ill? No. Do you ever hear Paul falling ill? No. But if anybody should fall ill, it's Paul. Every day he's either getting beaten up or eating strange things. Because you never know where he's in the next day. Different towns. Okay, He's all over the place. And he goes through stuff which no man goes through. But never, he says Timothy is, <laughs> the younger man is ill. Timothy is ill. So drink often a little in, wine. Often, often ill, in. so drink a little wine for that. Okay. Paul, the old man is not ill. Okay. And I am, I am believing for, for that Paul was not ill, not just because he ate a healthy, not just because. I believe he, he really partook of the promises of God. He understood the power of the promises, and his body was given over to God yes. for on mission, mm. like we saw in uh, in uh, Timothy's case. You will see also why he's falling ill. You go to Second Timothy and chapter one and read five, six, seven. You will understand why this fellow is falling ill. Sorry, so I'm not falling. Apostle Timothy, <laughs> you are bishop of Ephesus. Mm. Apologize if you heard me in heaven. <coughs> okay, I call to the. Okay, uh, I think I will start from verse three. Okay, so we get the whole picture. Okay, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. Okay, and verse 4. Okay, three, 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 three. Uh, I th- okay, okay. not 3, not 3, not 3. But there is one word I want over there. 2nd Timothy, uh, verse 2, verse 2, and then we go to verse uh, 5, 6, 7. Verse two. To Timothy, a beloved son. He's a beloved son. Okay, so he's a true spiritual son of Paul. Paul did not have children. So this is a true beloved son. Okay, It is like Father God the Father telling about son. Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am pleased. And Paul is saying, this is my beloved son in the spirit. Now come to verse 5. Beloved son, genuine faith that is in you, which was in your grandmother and in your mother. Two generations, three generations of solid faith passed on from generation to generation. Verse 6. You have a gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my, my hands. hands. Not only that, go to 1st Timothy. <coughs> okay. 1st Timothy. Uh, there is, uh, where you have him, the prophecies. I've been
1: before him. Yes.
0: No, about the prophecies over Timothy. Yes. It yes. talks about is in, It first. Oh,
1: first 1 Timothy 118. You got it? Yes, First 1 Timothy 118.
0: Yes. Okay. This charge I commit to you, Son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. Look at, I mean, what a start for a young man. Mm. Family of faith, three generation. true son in the in the spirit. He has a gift yes. that has he received from that laying of Paul's hands. He has prophecies over him. Boy, you want to be in ministry. This is what you want to be. (laughs) But look at verse seven. Second Timothy one
1: seven. Second Timothy verse
0: seven. seven. Look at verse seven. Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy verse seven. Therefore I remind you, okay this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's a fearful fellow. He's got all this, but you cannot get Timothy to move. He's crippled by fear. And I believe that is one of the cause for his sickness. Cause sickness. Okay? So you can have all these things, but your body doesn't cooperate. You got a faith. You got a true son. You got a gift. You got prophecies. But body won't go. Body won't go. Okay, So you have to look at all these things into real great people of God and how the enemy subtly comes and he sees this man and he realizes he's got a call of God, very powerful God of God. He won't mess with his mind. He just messes with his body. And he's all the time often sick. The Bible says he's often sick. Mm. Right? He often has often, often stomach, he's stomach problems. He's, stomach, he's got a stomach problem. Mm. No? He's got a stomach problem. So often sick. Can you imagine you're a pastor, you have to preach for three hours and every five minutes you have to <laughs> run to the loo. How <laughs> <Okay>, can Timothy preach? <laughs> I mean, think about a practical. Think practical. Think about it. Okay, think practical. 523. Yeah? First Timothy 523. Okay. Mm. So you see the body is an important part of our vessel that we offer unto God. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your <laughs> frequent, frequent <laughs> infirmities. Now, let me ask you this question. Is it right? Is it normal that an anointed servant of God is constantly ill? And he's not even old. He's a young man. Mm. He's a young man. He's a young man. And I do believe, one of the reasons, this is my take on it, okay? One of my take, this thing, this happened to Timothy before he met Paul. That because his father was Greek, he ate a lot of Greek food. You understood what Greek Mm. is. When I meant by Greek food, I'm not talking about what Greeks eat. I'm talking about what Gentiles eat. Okay? Because unkosher food. He ate a lot of unkosher food. Okay? And it's having an effect on his body now. It's happening on it, eh? you know. Now we have gone through science and science is breaking down. This causes inflammation. This causes that. Avoid these foods. Avoid this food. Put it into these quantities. You don't have to go through any science. Read Just the read the breed of the Bible. Just read the Bible. Read the book of Leviticus. Follow the diet brisket over there. You will have a long, don't Jews live long? Yes. Don't they live healthy? They do live. I'm not talking about the reprobates, Plenty are there. I'm talking about the others. They look long. They look okay. well. And you know what? A healthy body, which takes in healthy food, also works on a healthy mind. Mm. Healthy mind. Okay? You have a healthy body and you train your mind. Your mind will be fantastic. Sharp, yep. That's why most of the Nobel laureates are Jews. Now you turn with me. In that group of 600,000... <laughs> Thousand, you have one man, not only his body, he watched over his mind. And look about what is said about this man in Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7. Nice to remember. 34 7. 3 plus 4, 7 Moses was 4-7. Plus 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 <laughs> That's what faster we just remember. <laughs> that, okay. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim. Nor his natural vigor diminished. That's natural hard. vigor. Natural. Okay. And his mind is sharp. 120. Like, mm. like, like that's what the ice talks about basically. His mind is sharp. Absolutely sharp. That if you read 32, 33 and all of the autonomy, he's speaking to them, recounting the law to them at the age of 120. Mm-hmm. Can you get me a 120 year old man who can stand and preach like Moses? Clarity. And when he is, when he's on to his death, he's climbing a mountain. Fitness. Mm. Okay. He's climbing a mountain. It's a picture. It's a picture. And another man is there, Caleb. You see in numbers, sorry, in Joshua 14, he says, give me this mountain. Because that is that body. That ate kosher in the desert and that mind that as Paul, God talks about Caleb, he says he has a different spirit. Absolutely different. That's why his name is given Caleb. Caleb means dog. Dog is the most faithful animal a man can ever have. Ever have. There is no animal you can have as faithful as a dog. And Caleb was God's dog on earth. Faithful to God till the last moment. And listen to what he says. In the book of Joshua, when old men, the young ones have given up, this old man comes. Give me the mountain. Okay. He comes over there. Mm -hmm. Six. Verse 10. Verse 10. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Six, all are there. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, now here I am at this day, 85 years old. Look, yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then. So now is my strength for For war, both for going out and for coming in. Did you see that? It's absolutely committed to the will of God. Do you know what he's talking about? About going out and coming in. He says, I stand on the promise I have heard his voice. I keep his commandments. And I stand on the promise. You shall be blessed when you go out. And you shall be blessed when I come in. I'm walking under the blessing. My age is irrelevant. 85 years old. Fit as a fiddle. These are pictures for us in the Bible. These are pictures for in the Bible. Now I am not saying we will be able to look like them because of what they ate. We will never get. Okay, We will not. But I still believe. You surrender your body and your mind to God and your spirit to God. Okay? Go to First Thessalonians 5.23. Okay? 5.23 and say, Lord, this is what I will do. Please do this for me. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay? You have, you have to look at these things. And you know what? Run with purpose. Run with purpose. And I'll give you, for people who are struggling in the body, because you need promises. It's through the promise, okay? We all goofed up before we knew God and we, after we knew God. We all goofed up. But God is a Father. God is not a criminal court judge. And as a Father, His desire is that we all do well. Even when Israel is going into captivity, he says, the plans that I have for you are plans that are good. He has no bad plans for his children. So go to Romans 8. Okay, These are promises I give people when they write to me. Romans okay, Verse 11. You should put
1: it in KJV. 10
0: and 11, you can KJB. put it. 10 and 11, you can put it. Okay, 10 and 11. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Look at that order, okay? Sin is there in the body. Though you are saved, this old body is dead because of sin. Meaning, it's on the way to death. So, it's actually dead. Okay. Criminal court judge, judge justice it is, per passed the verdict. Guilty as charged, condemned to death. He shall be hung till death on June first, twenty twenty-two. Sentence passed on February twelfth. The man is dead. Okay, technically he's living. What is dead? Yes, yes. He's dead. It's just a matter of days. In the same way, when we were all born, we were born dead. Mm-hmm. We are born dead because of sin. Because of sin, the body is dead. But. Because But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The Spirit of God is life because we have received the righteousness of God. Now, how do you apply it? Verse 11. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you do you know what it actually means it actually means this though the body is dead because of sin the spirit is life you have been declared righteous now your mortal bodies if you believe will function till the day you die properly if you walk according to the will of God you surrender your body to the Lord the very spirit of God will quicken your mortal bodies quicken your mortal you need all these promises all these promises All these promises. Revelation one eighteen. another promise. When you are going into the ICU and you know your time is not up, you say, I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And this is the key. I have the keys of Hades and of death. Mm -hmm. Even in your ICU, look at the devil and you tell him straight up, you do not have the keys of death. My Lord has the keys of death. I will not allow you to reign over me. I remember that time in the year 99, I think, when I collapsed with my ulcer burst and over this thing bleeding, I collapsed. And I know I died in the train, in the restroom of the train. And my spirit went to heaven and came back. And I could clearly hear the Lord say, he very clearly told me, he said, fear not. And he said, if you fear, you will die. If you fear, you will die. I can still remember me holding on to the sides of the train and getting up and says, In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I rise. And I came back. And I'm still here 20 years later. Will not die. Because he does not, the devil does not have the keys. Don't believe his lies. (coughs) He does not have the keys of death. The keys of death is with my father with my Lord, with my Savior. It is with him. What does key signify? Key signifies authority. With this key you open, with the key you shut. Authority of death lies with my king, and I will not let you fool me so that I die before my time. I will not die. I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. So in Psalm 118, when the psalmist says that, he's not saying I shall not die, but love for what? Mm-hmm. To declare that. That's purpose. The purpose gives life. Purpose gives life. So the promises all start coming into play. And you know what? You rise up. So somebody who's listening, even if you're weak in the body, I'm telling you, you have to speak over your body. Because if the tree, if you can curse a tree and the tree dies, then you can bless a tree and the tree Mm -hmm. will become fruitful. If it can happen to your tree, it can happen to your body too. Mm. Okay? I fight my, that thing with my nose. I fight it. For the past one month, I have taken only once. Only once. I speak over my nose. I mean, if my nose has ears. strange, right? (laughs) Sounds funny, right? My nose has ears. Because my trouble is my allergy with my nose gives. But I believe my nose has ears. So I speak to my nose and said, you will not act up. Okay, you put me, humiliated me behind the pulpit. You will not act up. I am not going to go on medication all my life either. Everybody say that oh, it's an allergy drug. Okay, it is fine. I understand allergy. But why do I need chemicals in my body when my God's word is medicine? Isn't that what some, uh, um, sorry, Proverbs 4 and verse 24, 23, 24 says? Go, go into it. Let's speak about the body. Yeah. Not just about food. Let's talk about the body. Okay, not Psalm, uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23, 24. Yeah, this is Psalm one hundred eighteen, seventeen. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Okay, the reason why I will live and not die. I will not die one day before my time. Each one has to make these proclamations, these decrees, these confessions. Because what you believe in the heart, you must confess. When you confess, then is the power of God. This is the word of faith we proclaim. The word that can save you is very close to you. It is in your heart. And you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Okay. Keep your heart with all diligence. No, um, oh, that was not the one for sure. It's no. actually... Uh twenty, 20 to your body. Twenty, twenty onwards. Okay, go to twenty. Yes. yes. Before, yes. Yeah. Uh, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings and do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. The word of God is medicine. The word of God is medicine. I still remember how Derek Prince, when he was in his sickbed for a year, and how he came out of the sickbed, and he, God was reading his Bible, and God says, oh, what is your, I mean, not exact words, but something similar, where he told him, how do you take your medicine? He said, three times a day. He said, take it three times a day. Oh, take wow. my word as, three, as your medicine for three times a day. And he was out of his sickbed. Out of his sickbed. He lived till his 80s, priest till his last day, lived well. You do these things, you know what? That's why God says, I have magnified my word above all my name. It is forever settled. And Jesus said, my word is spirit and life. Life. So when you believe in the word of God, when you look at the promises, you believe and confess and practice and walk in those practices of, um, of those promises, what happens to you? Life comes to you. And Jesus says, I have come to give you life. Life in abundance. One way the life is manifested is in my body. Mm. Another way the ma- life is manifested is in my soul, in my mm. mind. Mm. Another way the life is manifested is in my spirit. When you walk in this truth, at the time of God's appearance, God says, I will present your body, your spirit, your spirit, your soul, and body. What? Blameless, mm. without blame. So forget the things of the past which we did in ignorance, disobedience. Go to your father today and say, Lord, I want to surrender my body back to you. Yes. I want to bow to you. You know what things? I'm going to obey your word. And second, I'm going to speak your word over my body. And whatever it is, even if it is cancer, I will call it by name. And I will rebuke it in the name that is above every mm-hmm. other name. Because everything is a name. Why do these things have name? Because behind that there are spirits. So there is this man in gatherings, cutting himself, crying loud, living among the tombs, walking around naked, sees Jesus, the demons in him, come and fall at Jesus' feet and worship and says, don't send that to the abbess. And he asks them, what is your name? What is your name? Legion. What is your name? Cancer. What is your name? Arthritis. What is your name? Call it by name and say, I bind you and I rebuke you. Okay? Um, Acts 10 and verse 38. Okay? Call it by name. Okay? Call it by name and rebuke it in the name. 38. 1038. Okay? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power. He went about doing good and healing all, not some, all who were Oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God has never changed his business. He's still in the business of healing people who are oppressed of the devil. And you know what? You exercise it over your life. You speak it over your life. You speak it every day. Speak blessings over your body. Speak blessings over your home. Speak blessings over your bread and your water. You speak blessings. Okay? You know what? Your voice becomes the voice of God. He said, I will bless you. Okay, let me ask you this question. I will bless you. Now go to Numbers 4, 26, 24, 26 if I'm right. Oh no, not Numbers 4, it's Number 6. Last three verses. Okay, number 6, got it? 22 to 27. Mm-hmm. And God spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son, say, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Who is blessing? The children of Israel. But are they the ones who are blessed? No. No. The Lord bless Bless you you. and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my My name name on the children children of Israel. Israel and I will bless them. You see, the priests are speaking over the people. And God says, when they speak this over the people, you know what I will do? I will put my name upon them and I will bless them. But it's the man who's speaking. But it's the God who puts his name and blessing upon them. And as fathers in your own houses, at the head of your houses, when you rise up early in the morning to pray, speak blessings yes, over so. your
1: home. Yes. Don't
0: go by what you see. You go. Again, Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. Go by what I you see. do not see. Because the things, for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Faith is the substance of things not seen. So you speak blessings. The spiritual realm is what is eternal. The real world is the spiritual realm. Over there, the devil is harassing people and causing them to fall sick and invite sicknesses through all kinds of means. And God says, deal with the unseen first. Mm. Deal with the unseen first. The sea, so suddenly you will realize it does not matter what bread you have or what water you get when you are on mission, you can bless it. It becomes sanctified. but when you have a control over it, God says, "I will check you. Don't buy from the roadside and I say, "I speak God's blessing." God says, mm. Mm. <laughs> You are testing me You are testing me, okay You are testing me." Okay, don't do that. When you have the power, when you have, when you don't have the power to do it, okay, when you don't have the power to do it, then you go ahead and trust God. And God will bless your bread. He will bless your water. He will bless your body. But don't forget purpose. What is it all for? Because there are lots of people in the West especially, Think of their health in their 80s, 90s. They wash their diet. They do all kind of things. They get vitamin shakes and proteins and steroid, whatever stuff they take. And they have no purpose in life and they are serving the devil. So we are not talking about that. We are not talking about that. We are talking about serving God. And in the process when you are serving God, please remember, you will be afflicted in your body. You may get beaten up. You may get worn out like Jesus was worn out and fell asleep in the middle of a storm and even a storm. That is there. That's part and parcel of ministry. Paul went through it. Jesus went through it. They all went through it. That is fine. That is okay with me. That should be okay with all of us. Okay. Like we say that I believe in abundance and the only poverty I will accept is because of righteousness sake. Accept poverty for righteousness sake. Do you want to be rich if you are only given two choices by the system? Be rich and be unrighteous. Be poor and be righteous. I'll go with poverty. I'll go with poverty. So there are a lot of things which you may have to go through for righteousness sake. Righteousness sake. That's why your body is afflicted for righteousness sake. It is good. That is exactly what Hebrews 11 and verse 35 says. The dividing line in the narrative. And the problem is people don't like the dividing line. They only want the previous verses. Women received the dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. It is not that deliverance was not available. Deliverance was available for them. But they refuse on the terms of the system. They said we don't want it. That they might obtain a better resurrection. They said, if we accept deliverance, then our resurrection will be the resurrection of the dead who are standing for judgment before God. We don't want that we will rather die and have a better resurrection. Mm. So suddenly the decision is not made by life, it is made by resurrection. Which resurrection do you want? So they were not looking at the temporal, they were looking at the eternal. They were not looking at the seen, they were looking at the unseen and they made their choices. That is how you make your choices. choices. You make your choices looking at at the unseen unseen and not at the seen because the Mm. seen is temporal. temporal. The unseen is no. eternal. So let the world laugh at us. Mm. They haven't seen the unseen. We have seen the unseen by faith. Let them laugh. Let them mock. Let them say you're wasting your life. Come join us. We are having a blast. We'll say yes. You have a blast now. You'll be a blast furnace later. We are fine. We are fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. We are good. We are going with a prepared soul, prepared spirit. To a prepared place. And we will give us. He will give us a body which he prepared for us. What I can do now is that. Prepare my body now. All of you. To serve him. Okay. And that's the thing. Watch over your soul. Watch over your body. Watch over your body. See your body gets rest. Sammy. See your body gets rest. Okay. You don't rest. You need to sleep more. Okay. You are young and you run now. But a time will come. Okay, and then you will need, your body will realize you need rest, but you are not able to sleep when you, at that point, because you messed up your sleep habits. So do these things normally. There are a lot of things which you can do in when you are young, which you will regret when you are older. Okay, so get into disciplined habits. Okay, sleep in one continuous stretch. Don't have fifteen alarms on your phone, okay. Hmm? Okay, one continuous stretch. Go to sleep and sleep. And then, okay, these are all disciplines. These are all disciplines. Okay. But remember, even with the body, we are flexible Amen. to the Spirit of God. You have your regular time of sleeping, let us say, from 11 to 5 or 12 to 5. But suddenly the Spirit says, tonight you are not sleeping. I want you to stay up with me. We are going to pray together. Your body boss, I'm here. Body for the Lord, the Lord for the body. Okay, He will come up and he tell that, I want to pray. Yes, Lord, I want to pray through you. When, Lord? 12 to 3. It's good with me. It's your body, not mine. Hmm. Understand that's how it works. Then he will groan through you. He will intercede through you according to the will of God. He will do it for you. Then you won't be tired when you, wake, when you finish that. Because he used your body. The spirit of life cannot use your body. And then you say, I'm so worn out today. What happened? No, God used me. It will never happen. You'll be refreshed, yes. You'll be refreshed in the spirit. Physical tiredness may be there, but there will be a refreshing in your soul. Mm. Because God is never indebted to any man understand principles of the kingdom, ingrain it live by it, I'm honestly telling you again and again young generation you can live life without fear that's the most important thing when fear is coming upon this whole world and the system is controlling the whole world by fear you can live life without fear because I have not given you says the Lord, a spirit of fear I have given you Spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. That's how we love. I think that's enough for today. 8 o'clock. Yes. 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 Okay, Pastor Vijay, pray.
1: Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. And Lord, we just continue to pray, Father, that you'd continue to teach our ways. Show us your paths. And as you, as Moses asked you, Father, teach me your ways. And you said my presence will go with you and you will give him rest. And I pray, Father, that each one of us will experience that rest even as we obey you, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all the questions that your children have sent from all around the world. And Father, it was, in, in a way, a question that answered, that, that belonged to all of us in different ways. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, we will take it to heart. We will obey, O oh Lord. For for in obedience is the blessing, O oh Lord. And I pray, Father, that even as we obey you, we will be blessed. Blessed are you if you do them, is what your word says. And I pray, Father, that we will do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this time once again. Thank you, Father, for every opportunity that you give to us. Bless, bless each and every one of us, O oh Lord, all around the world, whoever is listening. I pray, Lord Jesus, the blessing of the living God will pursue us and overtake us even as we walk in obedience to your commands. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Closing
0: words, the Lord was reminding me as Pastor Vijay was praying. Go home and read Matthew eleven twenty-eight, twenty-nine. 29 Okay, there's a difference between tiredness and weariness. Hmm. Please understand that difference. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Weariness. Tiredness is normal. Your body should be tired. But when weariness your soul mm. has started affecting your body. body. Watch out for weariness. Mm. That is what the devil tries to make people. He tries to make people weary. weary. Yes. Dalila wore Samson Wexed out. Vexed his soul. Vexed his soul. soul. Finally he gave in and yeah. gave the secret out. And he was done. His strength was gone. He was not tired next he was not tired he was not tired weariness watch over that when that comes you are at a you are at a dangerous place that's when you should shut down everything and go spend time with God and come back refreshed do not go weary that's what even Paul says do not grow weary in In well doing tiredness is okay tiredness is okay even you are into hospitality ministry helping the poor you will get tired but don't get weary. Mm-hmm. Don't get weary. You get weary when you take your eyes off the unseen. Yes. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point doing? Nothing is happening. Don't grow weary. Do not grow weary. Okay. Do not grow weary. Hmm? That is was, that is a, a, okay. Oh, As we close, if you put it up there, it is fine.